For those that, you don't, that don't know, I'm not Pastor Blake Andrews, but I'm here on this Wednesday night, amen? It's always nerve-wracking and you go, I think Dwayne always says how every time he goes up to preach, he's always attacked from so many angles and I can definitely relate to that today. And even pulling up here, um, I was going over notes and then I saw Dylan and Kristen pull up and so for a split second, I was like, I guess everybody's back. But it was just them. <laughs> Amen. But God gave me a word for this evening. I feel like it's, it's going to touch our hearts. I know it definitely touched mine. And I'll try to get us out of here at a decent time, meaning in and out. <laughs> Amen. We'll see how the Lord leads. So. How many of us know that we, there's a moment in our lives, and many, many of us have probably had multiple moments where it was life-changing? And a lot of times you hear, for example, an athlete can say that they can think back to a memory they had or something that somebody spoke over them in a positive way that was inspiration for them to accomplish a goal or uh, just reach to be the best they could be. And then sometimes you have you could be a business person or a student and maybe you had a teacher or, or someone in the past give you an encouraging word and you can always point back to that moment and know that God really did something that day or maybe it wasn't even a God thing but you can remember back to me like you know what that really encouraged me or that really helped me and even even kids have some of those moments you know I can't get up here without sharing a Bria story so last week or maybe two weeks ago, we, we have a new devotional that we read at night with her. And at the end, it asks questions. So it said, what moment have you ever had to call on God for courage? And so she stopped. And I was about to say something because Bria's attention span isn't always the longest. So I don't know what she was thinking about, but I let her think. And then she spoke and she paused and she says, well... That one time I went with mommy to the car wash and I was very afraid of the, the noise and I asked God for strength. <laughs> and, and we were like, this girl's been to however many hospitals and therapists and this and this and that, but she just needed courage for the car wash, amen? So if, if you're taking notes, the title of this message is gonna be called Making the Moment Count making the moment count. We'll open up with 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning in verse 20. And it says, Now then we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. Dear Lord Jesus, I just pray that you will just speak through me this evening, Lord God. I pray that you will touch the hearts of everyone in this place, including mine. I pray that you will speak to us. I pray that we will leave challenged. I pray that we will leave convicted but encouraged, Lord God, to grow closer to you and to take this walk and to take the, the call that you have placed on our lives more serious, Lord Jesus, to impact your kingdom before you return. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So it, it sounds exciting. It says we're ambassadors for Christ. But just so we know the definition of an ambassador, it's a person who acts as a representative or a promoter of a specified activity or government. So in short, 
we're basically Christ's representatives on this earth. And that's, that's bigger than any job that, that we can get paid for, to be Christ's representative on this earth. And, and the beauty of, of being a representative and being an ambassador for Christ is you have an opportunity to be involved in something that's called a Kairos moment. And so I'm going to get in the definition of that. It feels like school for a second. And Lord knows before I got saved, I wouldn't be doing anything that sounds like school. But God can do amazing things. So a Kairos moment, the definition is, says, it's a time when conditions are right for the accomplishment of a crucial action or the opportune and decisive moment. So I'll, I'll read that again. A Kairos moment is a time when conditions are right for the accomplishment of a crucial action, the opportune and decisive moment. So you might have some questions and, and think, well, can I have a Kairos moment? Does it mean you get saved? Does it mean that I can reach out to somebody and if they don't get saved, it's not a Kairos moment? Do you, can you still have those moments after you get saved? And I want to share a story so before I got saved, a lot of you guys know, I used to go to 24-hour fitness in Louisville. I used to play with Pastor and do a lot of things and say a lot of things I regret. And I always knew Pastor as, I didn't know he was a pastor, but I was like, man, that guy's pretty cool. He can shoot, and when we're on the same team, we win, and he passes me the ball. But there was one time I can think about where, and especially in the moment, it's like, I don't even know how this happened. But... I, we had to be walking out of 24-hour fitness at the same time. We ended up in his truck, and I don't know anybody. I'm just getting in their car. <laughs> so, it, you know, it's some type of moment if I'm in the truck, and he's not driving, and we're just talking. So, and he just kind of asked some questions, and for whatever reason, I'm a real reserved person. I'm not just going to open up to anybody. But for whatever reason, we were just talking, and he was asking about my family and different things like that, and I was like, Man, this dude is pretty cool, and I just left it at that. But looking back on it, that was a moment that was the start of the change of my life. And I didn't get saved that week. I didn't get saved that month, but it was the start. Because if he didn't inconvenience himself by, because at the end of the day, we're all going home. So, and he didn't live in Louisville, and it was late, and it was dark, and he has a family, and he had kids and things like that. But... And we stayed, I remember one of the things I was remembering is like, man, that's not the time it was when, when we walked outside and we were just talking and there was never a moment where I felt like I'm inconveniencing this dude. Let me just, all right, I'll, I'll talk to you tomorrow. I already had his number, but it wasn't like that at all. And that moment just made me realize, you know what? This is a good guy. This is a guy that I can trust. So when he did eventually invite me to church, there was no question I was going to come just because he took that time out. So maybe you're in this place and you've reached out or you've witnessed or you've done something and you haven't seen the fruit of it. That doesn't mean that God's not doing something. Some things don't happen overnight, but God's in control. Amen? And then maybe you could be in this place and you're wondering, can I have that kind of moment, that life-changing moment after I get saved, or is it just the thrill of being saved and then we just go on our day-to-day -day lives? And I can attest that God's spoken things. I remember there was one conference where I was at the altar and, and God spoke something to me and, and I believe it took my faith and my walk to a whole nother level. 
and it wasn't another person. It was just God speaking to us one-on-one. Amen? And these are things that we can contend for because God wants us to impact others. God wants us to make the moments count. Amen? So tonight, we're not going to so much focus on this or that, but we're going to focus on us as believers. How can we be a part of a Kairos moment? Amen? So before we get into the word, I want to share one last story. And the beauty about this church is, and the thing that I love about this church is nobody puts on a fake face or makes it seem like they're perfect or we've never made a mistake or we've never had a moment that we wish we couldn't get back. And I had one, this was probably December, early December. So we were at school and and we had a game that night. And so I had to get things prepared in advance for our game before people come and make sure that the tickets at the door, all the kind of stuff was was ready. And so I was just kind of sitting down and collecting my thoughts. And we have a a second team that plays, like a JV that plays before us. So I was sitting down and just kind of collecting my thoughts, sitting by behind their bench, just talking with some of the coaches. So as I'm doing that, we're close to the other team. And it was an inner city school from Dallas that came to play our second team. And I just see a, a player and a coach get into a big argument. And, and you know, you see the coach is talking to him. He's getting on him. The kid's putting his head down. Then he's arguing. And then the next thing you know, coach turns his back to coach the game. And the kid just walks off and leaves. And he goes to the locker room. And this is in like the first quarter. So I kind of just sat there and I was just like, well, that's kind of, that's on him. Hopefully he learns from it. And I was just focused on what I need to do. But then something told me, you need to try to do something. So I went back to the locker room and I caught the kid as he was coming out and his name was Cody and I said, hey, I seen what happened. I was like, you probably don't understand it now but your coach wants what's best for you. He's, he sees the big picture. You're looking at it like a game and he's looking at it at life. Like what is your life gonna look like down the road if you just quit when things get difficult? And so I had his full attention. He looked me in the eye And I told him, I said, hey, you have a lot of potential, and I can see that you've probably been through some things, but God has a plan for you. But then I left it at that. I didn't go any deeper than that. And it's one of those things that I still regret because I don't know where that kid is now. And when I told him, I said, hey, go back out there, show your coach you care, blah, 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 blah. And he he already changed clothes, so he put his jersey back on. He went back out there with his team and then I had to leave to go run errands and then I guess something happened and he didn't finish the game. But it's one of those things where it's like in that moment, there's no telling what that kid was going through. There's no telling what that kid's family life was like. But being so concerned of, hey, I have to prepare this and I have to do this, I have to do that, I just kept it surface level. God, God loves you, God, whatever. And at the end of the day, it's one of those things, God forbid, and I pray that Somebody else steps in, because I'll probably never see that kid again in life. Somebody steps in and fills the gap where I should have. And how many of us know that a lot of times when God wants us to really impact another life, we're going to be inconvenienced in the process. A lot of, us, a lot of times it's easy to think, okay, well, this oppor- God, please use me, use me, use me. I wanted this, this, and that. And we think God's just going to hold our hand and say, hey, 
that, that person over there that has it all together, he's going to ask you, how does he get saved? It's not always that simple. It's not always that easy. Amen? So we're going to open up in Genesis. So if you're taking notes, we'll have three keys to be used in a Kairos moment. So in part one in the story I was, I was just telling you, num the key number one I would put is you have to be walking in the spirit or you'll miss the opportunity. And it's not one of those, <laughs> we, we love to have it to where, okay, God, you're going to use me to speak to this person. Give me 10 minutes to go pray and then, I can, then I'll be ready. I'll have the words. Give me, give me five minutes. I'm about to look up that verse that pastor sent the other day and then I'll be ready to witness hold on, let me get to Romans. That's, that's not how it works. And it's one of those things where we have to be filled with the Spirit, and that starts when we wake up. Because if we wait to start till later, we're, we're going to be playing catch-up the whole day. And who knows what opportunity we missed as we were walking out the door. So key number one is we have to be walking in the Spirit. Key number two is we have to be willing to be inconvenienced. And let's not just use examples that, that I'm telling you or worldly examples. We'll go into the word of God. So if we begin in Genesis chapter 12, beginning in verse 1. Say amen when you get there. Amen. I remember uh, me and my wife joked about it. I, I guess she said nobody really says say amen when you get there as much because it's on the screen. It's, it's either that or we just got faster as a church. <laughs> either way, we got the verses. Amen. So in this story, we're going to see with Abraham, he's inconvenienced a little bit or a lot. So the Bible says in Genesis 12, verse 1, it says, Now the Lord had said to Abram, this is before he even called him Abraham, so the Lord has said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house, and we'll leave it here, to a land that I will show you. And that verse always gets me. He says, get up and go to a land that I'll show you. And a lot of times that's how God operates. God says, get up. Okay, we get up. Okay, you're going to go to a land that I'll show you. And then we stop and say, that doesn't make sense. You didn't, you didn't tell me where to go. But, but how many of us stop there or do we say, you know what, I'm trusting God. Because it's easy to get up here and we get as a church and we get excited and at the prayer and we're going to trust God and God can do this and God can do that. And then when he says, go to this land I'm about to show you a little later, we stop. Or we say, you know what, I'll, I'll go next Wednesday. I'm sure God will ask me again. But, but do we sit back, and I'm putting myself on blast, do we sit back and think of, the time I didn't go or the time I asked so many questions, whose destiny was tied to that? Or was I too worried about myself? Amen? It says, to a land that I will show you, in verse 2, it says, I will make you a great nation, I will bless you, and I will make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. 
and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So we can get to that point and we say, man, God had a, a great covenant, a great deal with Abraham. Of course, I'm going to go to wherever he's going to show me to. He said he's going to bless me and bless my family and become a great nation. But we don't look at it at the time of that when God was saying this, Abraham didn't have any kids. So how many of us, we get in situations where it will say in God's words to, to go, go out and preach the gospel to all nations and, and we look at it and we say, well, I don't have a passport. I, I can't preach to all nations. Abraham could have easily said, well, God, I know you promised this the same way, but I don't have any kids. And we get to the point where we get so caught up in asking questions. It's hard to obey when you're asking questions. Me and, uh, it's, it's hard to call him Dave here. I want to call him Coach Dave. But we try to teach and coach, and, and some guys have more questions than answers, production, listening, <laughs> all kinds of things. But you, it's hard to progress if we're not listening and we're not obeying. And some things aren't always going to make sense. Sometimes we're going to be inconvenienced in our minds. So it says, so Abraham departed as the Lord had spoken to him. And Lot went with him. And Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. So think of this. He was 75 years old. Not only did God promise he was going to make a great nation out of him and he didn't have any kids, but he's 75 years old. I don't think we have anybody in our church that's 75 years old or even close. So he was... <laughs> Amen. So he was at the point where he was probably... He probably had some routines. 75 years old, no kids. We talk about what we would do if we still had no kids and we're not 75. So... 75 years old, no kids. I'm sure you can, you can find some freedom. You can have fun. You can do this. You can do that. I'll always go back to the story that Dwayne told us when we were walking out of the old building. And this was when we had those Sunday night services. And Dwayne and Myra were walking out, and we were behind them. And I looked at Joy, and I was like, hey, you want to go to the movies tonight? And she was like, sure. And he looked back in disgust. <laughs> and said, I can tell y'all don't have kids. <laughs> it was like, you can't just make up stuff on the fly. And, and then we were like, ah, and then we realized, and we only have one. So it's one of those things as, as Abraham, who knows, maybe him and Sarah, they're on their way to their own movie. They're on their way to 75 years. And God says, nope, get up. I need you to go over there. Where? Go over there. And I'm going to do this. But he trusted him. God doesn't always say, hey, I need you to speak to that person. And that person that you speak to is going to end up becoming a great evangelist and getting hundreds of people saved. He doesn't tell us that. He just calls us to go. Amen. Amen. So we're going to go next to Ephesians chapter 8, verse 10. have it in here just in case I haven't heard anybody say amen yet it's not on that screen it's all right I got it here so Ephesians chapter 2 in verse 10 
So a lot of times it's, we're, we're talking about, oh, we want to do this for God. And I know it, it's easier said than done. But when, when we're serving God, we have the manual and we have promises. And God promises us. He says, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Amen. So as, as we look deeper into that verse, it says we are his workmanship. That means we're on his team. That means he's equipping us. It says created in Christ Jesus for good works. Dwayne just spoke at the prayer that he's undefeated. You can walk in victory. He's the best defender out there. I thought he was going to make a Cowboys joke, but I forgot he was a Cowboys fan. So we'll let Pastor Mario do that. <laughs> So we, we serve a guy that's undefeated, and, and we're on his team, and he's equipping us. He, he, there's no verse that says, you know what? I'm, I know I need you to preach the gospel and witness to others, but you're on your own. It doesn't say that. It says, we're his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. Meaning, he already planned it out. He knows exactly who he wants you to reach, when he wants you to reach them. But as the verse ends, we're not robots. It says that we should walk in them. So when I had that opportunity and I started to walk it out, but I didn't finish, I made the choice, whether consciously or not, or however we want to put it, I made the choice not to finish walking in it. And we're in the same boat. We, we can make the choice of, are we going to walk this out because we know God is with us and he's our workmanship, or... And we're his workmanship, or are we too busy? The third key is understanding that the Kairos moment isn't about the one being used. It's about Jesus changing a life. And I wanted to share a, a quick story as well. We had a, we had a team Bible study when we went to Illinois, we played in Illinois last weekend, and I guess you kind of call it a Bible study. We just went over a, just a gospel message because nowadays there's so many kids who've never stepped foot in a church or don't know anything about God, and, and there's so many sayings that kids and young people say that are in the world that they have no idea the consequences and the accountability they're going to have to give for some of the things they're saying. So we, we talked about that, and we opened up and we shared our testimonies and it was it was interesting because the first person to speak after we were done it's always quiet after those nobody says anything and this time it was one of my assistant coaches and he's actually coached with me for five years so I hired him on in my select program that I have and then this year was his first year at at the school that we're at and he's and he shared stuff and, and I've known him for almost, no, I've known him for probably 10 years. And we used to work together right before I got saved. Yeah, so it's been 10 years. We worked together before I got saved. And then I started my own thing, and he stayed in the company that he was with. And then I brought him over like five years later, and the rest is the rest. But he said it was interesting because in that time frame when he was working where he was working and I was doing where I was doing, he said that he watched a movie, and in the movie, it kind of inspired him to, 
he wanted to do more or do it at another level. And he was like, it wasn't, but two days later, we randomly ran into each other after like five years. And I asked him if he wanted to come on and, and work with me. And he was like, uh, that, that, was, that was a special moment. And I, he never told me that. He, he told me this five years later after the fact. And he also said that him and his, uh, his girlfriend, fiance, they've been off and on for like 20 years since they were like sophomores in high school. So it was like the Joelle and Braden that didn't get saved and married. <laughs> but so he actually told us when we got to Illinois, he said, you know what, man, I've been hearing all the stuff you've been saying. He was like, I actually proposed to her before we got up here. And he was talking and we had a little conversation on our own and he was talking about trying to make things right and do this and do that. And has he just completely sold out for Jesus? No. It doesn't always happen overnight, but it, it's amazing that sometimes when we just live for God, we're not, we're not, we're just being who God called us to be. We're not, oh, let me act like this so this person can see it, but people are watching. People are watching, and you'll be surprised, and sometimes you'll never even know what they saw. You'll never know the actions they took off or what they saw in you, but that's none of our business. We're just called to be who God wants us to be, amen? So going on, we're going to open up with a story in Acts chapter 9. It's about a certain disciple who many of us may not be too familiar with. And this is obviously after Jesus had resurrected and we're opening up in Acts. And it says, now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, here I am, Lord. So obviously he's in the spirit to hear, hear the voice of the Lord. So the Lord said to him, arise and go to the street called Straight. God always has. <laughs> go, to, go to the land I'm going to show you. Go to the street called Straight. <laughs> it must be when Pastor Mario's here because this is another random story. There's a kid who, <laughs> he's probably, this kid's probably about, kid now. Yeah, he's about to be 21. Joely, how old are you? Yeah, so he's 20. He's about to be 21. And he, he lived a tough life, had a tough family situation. I used to try to mentor and help him. And whenever I would give him a ride home or wherever he needed to be, I said, which way do we need to go? Do we need to turn right? And he would always say, turn straight and go left. And I was like, so unfortunately, that's what came to my mind when I said the street was called straight. So it says, and inquire at the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him. This is what Jesus is telling Ananias, so that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I've heard from many about this man how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. And how many times has God put it on our heart and we know, you know what, this is the time you're supposed to step up and say something. This is the time you're supposed to give of yourself for this person and we can say, we can get discouraged. Just like Ananias, he, he got discouraged. He said, are you sure you want me to go to Saul? 
This guy was killing people. And there's, it doesn't say how long Ananias was a disciple. So God can use anybody. God can use the person who just got saved yesterday, the person who got saved 30 years ago. And he said, and here he has authority, and I hear he has authority from chief priests to bind all who call on your name. But the Lord said to him, go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. So how many of us have had a, a Saul that is just like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I think, I think the Lord was actually telling Dwayne to go talk to him. I don't think he was telling me. I think, uh, yeah, that, I think the, what the Lord, what I'm hearing from the Lord is probably, my day is going to be next month that I'll probably get to talk to somebody. And Ananias could have felt the same way because he, he was discouraged. He's human. We're all human. But that goes back to what he put his confidences in Jesus' promises. If God said he was going to go with you, he'll go with you. Amen? And we're going to close in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, beginning in verse 9. As we close, it says, For we are both God's workers, and you are God's field. You are God's building. And if we can go back to that verse, I put in the NLT because it's, it's easy for us to understand. And this is just one of those things where you're hearing this message and, and you know God's calling you to step up and step out and, and really just be that ambassador for Christ. Here's, a verse that, here's verses we can go over and be reminded. It says, for we are both God's workers and you're God's field. You're God's building. Because of God's grace to me, I have laid the foundation like an expert builder. Now others are building on it, but whoever is building on this foundation must be very careful. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one we already have, Jesus Christ. Anyone who builds on that foundation may use a variety of materials, gold, silver, jewels, wood, hay, or straw. But on the judgment day, fire will reveal what kind of work each builder has done. So in this life that we've chosen to give our lives to Christ, we're all, it's, we know it's not a, we don't get saved off of works, but our works will be judged. And it won't send you to hell, but at the end of the day, we want something that when it's tried through fire, something on the other end that we can give to Jesus. Amen. We don't want to show up empty-handed. So it says the fire will show if a person's work has any value. There's no greater work than seeing a, a life being won for Christ. Amen. It says if the work survives, that builder will receive a reward. But if the work is burned up, the builder will suffer great loss. The builder will be saved, but like someone barely escaping through the wall of flames. Don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you? Amen? Amen. So we have, a, we have an obligation, like that verse says, that we are ambassadors of Christ. It says, as though God were pleading through us. So the way we carry ourselves and the way that we, we love people, it's God pleading through us that people be reconciled to God. Amen? So we're going to go to the Lord in prayer.
and just and just seek seek God, seek whatever the situation is, whatever if you're dealing with doubt or confidence and speaking or stepping up, our confidence is in Christ. Amen. Dear Lord Jesus, we just thank you for an opportunity to hear your word, Lord God, and just be reminded of how good you are, Lord God, and that you saved us, and you didn't just save us for us to just roam around and pass time, Lord God, but you saved us and you gave us an opportunity to be used for your kingdom, to be used to reach people, Lord God, to reach the lost, to reach those seen as outcasts. Lord, you have called us to be ambassadors for Christ, and Lord, I want to pray for anyone in this place who hasn't given their lives to Jesus. Maybe they're in this place and they've never heard the gospel. They don't know what it means to be saved. Lord, I wanna pray for them tonight, Lord Jesus. And Lord, I just pray that anybody in this place will get an understanding of, we serve a mighty God, not just because he's all powerful and he created the heavens and the earth, but there's none like him because he came down in the form of a human in the name of Jesus Christ, and he lived a perfect life. And he was an example for us that we could never be. And he took our place because in God's word, it said that all of sin and fall short of the glory of God. And in God's word in Romans, it tells us that the wages of sin is death. And we need forgiveness and we can't we can't do it without Jesus so Jesus took our place he died on the cross he took the beatings he took the lashes he took the those that were spitting on him and trying to humiliate him everything that we deserved he took it on the cross and after three days he rose from the dead he defeated death hell and the grave and, and not only did he do that, he told us that he's prepared a place for us. And that not only has he prepared the place for us, he's gonna come back to receive his church. And if you're in this place and, and the Holy Spirit is, is speaking to you or tugging at you and, and you know that you're not in good standing with God, you've never fully surrendered. Maybe you're that, you're that person who you have a head knowledge, but you have never truly had a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're in this place and you want to make Christ your Lord and Savior and you want to accept him, I just ask that you lift up your hand with every head bowed and every eyes closed. I want to pray with you. If you're in this place and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or maybe you're in this place tonight and you've done that. You've walked with the Lord and You've loved him, but the things of this world, the cares of this world has pulled you away. You've allowed yourself to be deceived. You allowed yourself to start saying some of the things you used to say, watching some of the things you used to watch and acting how you used to act. And you might be in this place and you feel like nobody knows. I can fake it to my parents. I can fake it to my spouse but God sees everything. And God wants nothing more but his children that he died for to humble themselves, repent, and seek after him. And maybe you're in this place and, and that's you and, and, and you've heard about a, a Kairos moment, how things can change in an instant, in a moment. 
and you want to be in that place and you want to just give your life to Christ, you want to rededicate yourself, I want to pray for you. If everyone can stand. If you're in this place tonight, eyes still bow, eyes still closed, head bowed. If you're in this place tonight and you want to rededicate your, your life to Christ or you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I'd like for you to come up to the nearest aisle and come to the front. I'd like to pray for you. This isn't to embarrass you, but if you want to make a real decision, if you want to serve God and live for him and accept him, I'd like to pray for you. Amen. God can do mighty things. I remember coming in this place nine years ago and I heard God's word. I knew God was, was real. I knew something about this place was different. It was different. I know the truth was being spoken here, but I was, I was still at a point where I wasn't ready to make a decision. It would get to the point of the altar calling I would just tune out. I would just, I just thought they were talking about baptism. Didn't think it applied to me. And then one day I, I had to open my ears and get that understanding that God wants a relationship with me, that I can have a relationship with the creator of this world, that there's no depression, there's no anger, there's no anxiety, there's no sickness, there's no disease, there's no virus that I have to fear when I'm walking with my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So if you're in this place, we just call on you to just call on the name of Jesus. Right now, the altars are open. If you want to find a place to pray, take a moment and just worship the Lord and just seek God. Seek God for an opportunity to be involved in a Kairos moment. Seek God for an opportunity for your own Kairos moment that God can change you in an instant. 